0: You're listening to Saturday Night and Sunday Morning, the Gospel Roots of Rock and Soul. I'm Cece Winans. At Mahalia's funeral, one singer's tribute to another passed a torch between a generation that had struggled for racial equality and one that was beginning to benefit from the struggle.
1: Mahalia Jackson knew the Aretha Franklin from the time that she was a child.
0: Mark Anthony Neal chairs Duke University's Department of African and African American Studies.
1: Clearly, Mahalia was somebody that Aretha Franklin respected. And so it was perfectly natural, I think, in some ways for her to sing at Mahalia Jackson's funeral.
0: Two weeks before Mahalia died in 1972, Aretha made a record that became the best-selling live gospel album of all time.
1: You know, Aretha sings Precious Lord also on the Amazing Grace album, but she does a version of it that connects it with Carole King's You've Got a Friend.
0: When you're down In trouble You need Some love and care Ain't nothing Ain't nothing Going right
1: And I think that performance is so critical because it acknowledges who Thomas Dorsey is. It acknowledges who Mahalia Jackson was as a person who really gave voice to the song. But it also acknowledges the impact of someone like Carole King and ultimately elevates Thomas Dorsey on the same level of what we think of as the great American songwriter that we have begun to accept Carole King as.
0: the emerging generation built on the foundation of gospel innovators like Thomas Dorsey, Sam Cooke, and Mahalia Jackson. Mark Anthony Neal told us,
1: you can make the argument that Aretha Franklin at her peak in the 1960s did more to mainstream the traditions of black gospel music than any artist you know who had come before then because she had taken those kind of gifts she had gotten from the black church and created a secular context for it Marvin Gaye is a little less pronounced um, it, solely because he was at a label like Motown that was much more interested in hit records and in specifically two and a half minute hit records. Ain't no
0: Aretha and Marvin grew up in the church. hmm Aretha spoke with NPR's Terry Gross in 1999. Uh, certainly gospel was, uh, was my background, is my background. My upbringing was in the church. We had to attend regularly. And, uh, of course, the church provided uh, a training ground for me, so to speak, as a young vocalist and uh, certainly gave me all of the spiritual values that uh, I needed as a young lady. Her father was the famed Baptist pastor, Reverend C.L. Franklin. As a young girl, um, I certainly enjoyed watching and listening to my
2: dad. You know, preaching mean nothing except uh, just reciting Bible stories. Unless you can make it are relevant to life today.
0: Because she was her father's child, many of the greats saw to her musical training. Detroit Gospel Radio host Deborah Smith Pollard. She would have been influenced by the great Mahalia Jackson, by uh, Clara Ward, who for a long time Apparently was engaged to her father, um, to the solsters, to the caravans. And so she would have heard that. But I always tell people that in Detroit, half the people can sing and the other half can really sing. Marvin Gaye's father was a Pentecostal minister. He immersed his son and namesake in the harmonies and rhythms of the church meetings that sometimes gathered in their own home. You can hear the gospel influences on some of young Marvin's early Motown records. Whatever and wherever Marvin and Aretha sang, they brought the church with them. Richard Smallwood is a gospel musician and a friend
2: of Aretha's. Aretha never left the church because it was so much a part of her, regardless of what she was singing, regardless of the genre, you know, even and Dormer was, was gospel.
0: Yes, even a Puccini aria.
1: Mark Anthony Neal. When you think about that generation of black artists, you really can't divorce African-American musical culture from the gospel tradition. Everything in terms of the use of the black voice, Um, that piece of that talked about in terms of melisma, this kind of style of singing behind the note, um, that is stuff that's all uniquely black singing connected to the black church. And whether or not you're listening to black artists who very specifically sing gospel music or come through the black church tradition, um, you hear those kind of elements.
0: In 1983, the NBA invited Marvin to sing at the start of its all-star game. As he walked onto the basketball court, a drum track started up.
2: What so proudly we at the twilight's last gleaming?
1: It was the blackest that the Star Spangled Banner had ever been performed, you know, at least in such a very public venue. You know, for folks who had listened to the Star Spangled Banner all their lives, hearing him bend those notes in the way that he did, it was almost as if they were hearing the song for the first time.
0: On Thanksgiving Day 2016, Aretha took to the piano before NFL fans in Detroit and a national TV audience to deliver her own Star Spangled Four and a Half Minutes. Mark
1: Anthony Neal. You know, this would be one of the last really major public performances that she does. And what you hear in Aretha Franklin in those days is someone, you know, that her voice is weathered, it is matured, it's different, but she knows how to control her instrument. And again, because she's home, this is Detroit, she's a long-time Detroit Lions fan. Um, She knows the reality of her mortality. You know, what you hear in her performance at that time, you know, it's almost something akin to a home-going ceremony.
2: Oh, oh, say and say, say
0: Gospel is about uplift and transcendence. It inspires people and taps into deep feelings in listeners.
2: Listeners like Richard Smallwood. When I got to Howard University in my freshman year, respect had just hit. What you want, baby, I got it.
0: what you need. you know I got it
2: too. And I was like, Who is this singing like this? I mean, this is one of the most amazing voices that I that I've heard. And whenever she would come to uh, the DMV area, we'd get our little pennies together and and get the closest seat that we could at the concert because going to see Aretha live, especially in those days, was like a revival meeting. I mean, she would go right from, you know, I've never loved a man the way I loved you, right into how good Jesus is. And (laughs) so it was a... Quite an experience, that emotional, powerful, anointing experience that I had never, ever, you know, experienced before.
0: Like Sam Cooke, Marvin combined the heightened emotions of gospel performance with sexuality. cultural scholar Mark Anthony Neal.
1: And, and this is going to sound, you know, crazy, right? But there's a way in which Let's Get It On might actually be his gospel album. But, but what he essentially does is elevate the pursuit of sex and sexuality on, on the same plane that one might think about the pursuit of religion and spirituality. literally trying to make this argument that religion and sex belong on the same place.
0: The potent mixture of gospel feeling with secular sensuality changed American pop forever. With the way music and technology have changed, we don't just have to talk about the way these artists indirectly influence future artists. Aretha and Marvin, Mahalia and Sam have been heavily sampled. Their 1950s and 60s and 70s selves are showing up alongside today's artists in ways that combine the gospel and soul of generations past with hip-hop and other contemporary music.
2: Tapping too. Max said they only bless when they attached to you. The only dead beats is whatever beats I've been rapping
0: to. There isn't a facet of American music today that doesn't owe a depth of gratitude to gospel. We hear it everywhere. It
2: seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. I've been... <laughs>
0: Aretha's passing invites us to reflect more deeply on the legacy she left behind. Aretha had a huge impact on my career. She taught me to give everything I have. I think that was one of the secrets that she had. She knew who she was. She knew the gifts she had. Her homegoing service showed the way she bridged multiple generations, from Thomas A. Dorsey, Mahalia Jackson, Sam Cooke, and the Soul to the musicians today. The service included musical tributes from Faith Hill to the Clark Sisters, Ariana Grande to Stevie Wonder, and many more. This is a transcendent music. Even when this nation seems most divided and broken, as when the 44th president delivered a eulogy for nine African Americans murdered inside their church home. Amazing
2: great, how sweet the sound that say
0: The story of gospel music is the story of American pop music. It is the heart of this country's musical past, present and future. And maybe, most of all, its soul. This hour of Saturday night and Sunday morning, The Gospel Roots of Rock and Soul was written and produced by Whitney Jones. For more stories, visit our website at xpngospelroots.org. The Gospel Roots of Rock and Soul has been supported by the Pew Center for Arts and Heritage. The executive producers are Roger LeMay and Bruce Warren, senior producer alex lewis assistant producer whitney jones editor cheryl devall mixing by jeff town our production assistant is rachel ishikawa archival audio courtesy of npr's fresh air with terry gross the studs turco radio archive the library of congress and seattle pacific university special thanks to ann powers Robert Marovitch, Jerry Zoltan, and Donald Dobson. I'm Cece Winans. Thanks for listening. The Gospel Roots of Rock and Soul is
2: presented in collaboration with NPR Music and is produced in Philadelphia by WXPN at the University of Pennsylvania.